Hi and welcome to episode 33 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Is Reportage and I'm a wedding photographer too. So great to bring you the fab Mick Shah today. Mick is a world-class photographer turned videographer, one of the founding members of Nine Dots and an all-round inspirational character. Thoroughly enjoyed talking to him for the podcast. Tune in today as Mick talks all about why he went from photographer to videographer and how, how and why he founded Nine Dots with Adam Johnson, Andy Gaines and Royal Kona, his advice on public speaking, his background as a professional drummer and pastor, tips on the financial side of life, forming his studio with Ash Davenport and tips on doing that and so much more. Before we get on to Mick, just a little note about our exclusive video content, which is now available for This Is Reportage members. These exclusive videos have been added at no extra cost to membership and we currently have over 11 hours of educational videos from the likes of Dominique Shaw of York Place Studios, Paul Rogers, Pedro Villela, Tyler Workin, David Skoll, Sana de Bloch and more, with new videos added regularly. These world-class photographers share so many interesting bits of advice and tips, talking us through their images and stories, revealing their thought processes, technical details, storytelling tips and much more. Become a member at thisisreportage.com for instant access to these, as well as all our other benefits of membership. Right, on to Mick. Hey Mick, how are you doing? I'm great. Fantastic. Great to be on TIR Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I should have called you that. <laughs> you, you, you need a jingle or something like that. <laughs> I don't know in the TIR Radio. <laughs> I'm alive with... <laughs> I'm going to make it that. I'm going to make it that. That sounds good. That sounds good. I want, yeah. I want, I want, I want a percentage of every, like, it's like a copyright or something. Like okay. a royalty. Okay. No, no, you can have 0.001% of the, of, of the free cost of the podcast. So that's, that's fantastic. Good. I mean, that's that's about as much as I got from our shared prize money from winning the tournament together, the ping pong tournament together. So. Oh, ping pong. Ping pong? Is it ping pong, Mick? Table tennis, even? Table ping tennis. Pong, well, you know what? I now that I know that this podcast is going out to the non-handshake members, like live to the world, I needed to call it something that is accepted in all cultures. So <laughs> I went for ping pong. <laughs> okay, yeah, people will understand. But that was that was um, that was great though. That was wasn't it? What was that? Twenty times. What year? Twenty sixteen. Was, was it? Yeah. Oh man, that was, that was the first time that um yeah we got through to the final and won it as well, didn't we? Yeah, we won it. Yeah, that's the first time you won it. I, I like to think that I had you know a hand in that. Your, your legacy. <laughs> you now, now, you've now won it three times in a row. So. <laughs> it was 50-50 it was though, man. It was awesome. And if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it's the table tennis tournament at Nine Dots. Yeah, that was, yeah they've all that turned was... off now because it's like, what the heck are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> edit that bit out, Adam. Edit it all out. No, man. I'm not going to edit anything out. This is Mick Raw. Mick Raw. <laughs> right. Scary. Anyway, dude. Yeah, thank you for joining me on here. It's, it's, it's ace to talk to you. How, how are you doing at the moment? I'm really good. Um, I'm sure I'm like everyone. Um, uh, you know, you have up days and down days. And the up days, you wake up and go, oh, this is amazing. All this time I've been gifted and I love my family and I love life and everything's great. Namaste. And then the other days where you're like, oh, my God, I want to just please can the world go back to how it was. I want to shoot a wedding or I want to go back to normal or I don't want to have to take off five million layers just to throw the rubbish out or queue up in Sainsbury's. I just want to yeah. go back to life as normal. Oh, um, I know, man. It's like a roller coaster, isn't it? It is a roller coaster. It is. I mean, it's just like I've so many stuff you take for granted that, you know, I mean, I live in London. I'm, you know, I, I know you live in Cornwall. I mean, do they have electricity and Wi-Fi down there? Um, like, just last year that came in. Okay, yeah, cool. But, you know, in the big smoke, <laughs> in the big... T- in the, <laughs> but I think there's so many things we take for granted, like just popping out, like, not that I do this every evening, but, you know, you might think, oh, I want a takeaway or something at 9pm or 10pm. Um, and it was as simple as jumping your car or getting on an app. And now, like, McDonald's is closed, for goodness sake. Like, oh. that was a failsafe. 24 hours a day is around my end. Um, and that is gone. And that's I, the worst I, thing I, of it all, I think. I, I'm reduced to wimpy by like, <laughs> what has the world come to? Does wimpy actually, does that exist still? It does, I know. I mean, like, you know it's desperate when you're either looking at wimpy or little chef. You know? <laughs> oh, I like little chef, though. I like little chef chips. Mm, nice. But anyway, okay. yeah, it is it is a roller coaster, isn't it? And what's it looking for you in terms of like when's when's what's the next wedding that you're supposed to be like videoing? Uh the next wedding I'm supposed to be shooting is uh the second of August, but I think they're kind of 
they've already got a second date in and they're just holding out to see what will happen. But I think that's probably not going to happen. And then after that, the next one is is in France on the first week of September. But again, who knows? Like the way they're making decisions. I mean, apparently shops are now opening on Monday. So like, is it Monday? You know, what non essential stuff? Is it? Yeah, really? non essential yeah. stuff that open on Monday. So, so you know, who knows? Like, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, it's a strange one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a not knowing, right? I think if they just went, look, parlay everyone, 2020 parlay, like mm-hmm. no, no wedding for 2020. Uh, we're just all going to 2021, and we're definitely going to start from this date. I think psychologically, we could all go to go. Oh, okay, recalibrate, and we'd be like, oh, okay, I know on my first wedding is going to be this, and I'd converse with my clients, and we'd have a plan in place, and everything would be cool. I think it's a not knowing, right? Because potentially, I could be shooting in October. I might not be. You know, obviously, some people go, well, that's just wishful thinking that you're going to be shooting in October. But you still don't know. No. Um, um, and you could, are we going to be shooting in December? Who knows? Like, um, yeah, so it's I so think true. It's just, you know, yeah, un- that, it's not knowing. Yeah, definitely. That not knowing is, is a major thing. It's like with, with the kids going back to school, not knowing. And now there's more of an announcement today that that's not really going to be properly happening until September and stuff. But, yeah, it's mental. It's mental. Um, and I mentioned how I asked them, when would you? be next videoing because yes, people because don't know yeah i've got it in my note here that you went to the dark side so it, yeah people don't know mick used to be you know a, an absolutely brilliant wedding photographer and now he's a, a very average no but he's a very he's a great uh, wedding videographer so yeah how did you wh- how did you change mick and why did you change when did i see the, when did i see the light alan <laughs> go to the dark side no yeah wh- um, why and yeah yeah why why man why uh why i think um i can hear my kids in the background so i don't know if that's <laughs> okay recording um, yeah. <laughs> um i um i think what happened was i i've always been very i don't know if it's taken me a long time i think to accept that i might be creative uh because my really? whole life i've just yeah because my whole life i've just been very passionate about things and then been very um obsessed with the thing that i'm passionate about so i I was a drummer i know you know that like i was a professional drummer but i i started playing the drums when i was 20 like Uh, like quite late then Uh, yeah so i was i was studying a degree in law and went oh i want to become a drummer um and just went i'm gonna learn the drums and i remember my drum teacher going well you know i don't know if that's possible you know 20 i you know um and then became a professional drummer um for eight years and then finished that and then became a pastor for eight years and then found photography because my wife bought me a camera because we have our first child and I did wedding photography for eight years and basically every eight years so far I've changed career we look back and every eight years I've changed career funny enough <laughs> An eight year um, itch eight year itch or seven year itch even <laughs> and um I basically I found that the first six seven years six years of wedding photography I was so passionate about it like <clears throat> I know we would chat you know and, and meet up and you know when you were down in london or when i came to cornwall uh we would chat and we you know we were very excited about the industry and just make it you know making images and wedding photography and i just found myself uh slowly to rocking up to weddings and just being like i know what to do you know, like that feeling of i know what to do like i know mm. how this goes and i know that if i operate at 80 percent, 70 percent, i can i can I can get work that the client is going to be happy with. And it's not going to win awards. It's not maybe going to blow people's minds, but the client's going to be ecstatic with it. And I just didn't like that feeling. And I, mm. I just didn't like that feeling of, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but just knowing like, like, like knowing what to do. And I just felt like I wanted, I needed a new creative uh, itch. And I've, and I, I, at the time we'd, we'd opened up a video, um, part of mickey studios that might back then you know it was like i wanted to open it was like i wanted to open up a mickey everything a mickey studios mm-hmm. a mickey video a mickey chips a mickey you know <laughs> burgers like uh, um and we had we had some guys doing the video and they weren't they weren't as passionate about um weddings as i me and ash were because ash had joined at that time right. and he was just like he me and him are cut like two sides of the same coin kind of thing in a good way uh, we're both really passionate about what we do uh, but they kind of weren't, and it would annoy me that I would ask them, "Look, can we do this?" The client would go, "Can we do this?" And I would go, "Can I? Can we do this?" And they'd be like, "Nah," you know, because like, I knew nothing about video, so they were just like, "Nah, you can't do that because you know, this this setting on the camera means you can't do that, and no, we can't do that in the edit." And I'd just be like, "Oh, um, I don't like not knowing. I don't like being able to go. 
well, actually, you could do this. So it's a different dynamic with Ash, right? Because Ash would come back and go, right, I couldn't do this. And I'd be like, well, I've been in that situation. Here's some of my experience. Here's some of my advice. You could do this. Uh, but with the video guys, I couldn't do that at all. So I was like, oh, this is really annoying. So I really want to get into it. And the flip side was that, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, that I th- I think the video f- video is the future. I believe <laughs> the video is the future. Um, so uh, um, um, I-, I believe that there is an element of that that that's where the industry is like or, or where that's where society is kind of going in, in terms of the way we view stuff and consume content and i didn't i didn't want to wake up one day and just be like like you know like with tiktok or something like, like have you hey, hey, are you using tiktok and you're like what is tiktok what, what is tiktok what is that yeah, what is TikTok? Uh, you know it's like isn't that tea uh no it's a online social <laughs> platform um, and you're like oh, how do i even you know that feeling like when you feel old like, how do mm. i do this and I didn't want to be at that stage and then trying to be catching up. So I was like, oh, I think I should get into video. And I think that new lease of life really uh, and that creativity um, and just being in a new world really, I found kind of that excitement again. That's and that, so cool. that, Yeah. So that's why I kind of continued on that journey. And that's proper awesome, man. And that's one thing I've always just felt from you is that you've this huge amount of passion in you and your drive to do things just like as well as you can and like to such a, a massively high level. And I think that's inspirational. And you're a businessman, entrepreneur as well, which I think is really cool. You're a business entrepreneur, my friend. Uh-huh. Um, I, I pretend at it sometimes. Um, no way. As <laughs> if, bad. dude. As um, if. Well, I mean... I don't know. I mean, again, maybe we'll talk about this as well, about finances and stuff like that. I don't know if I'm an entrepreneur and such, but I, I, when I see opportunity or I get passionate about stuff, I get ideas, that's for sure. Mm. Well, that's uh, awesome, though, isn't it? That's also that's what entrepreneurial what entrepreneurship is, really. Ideas. Yeah, and, um, maybe. I mean, I think, I think that partly that's what the, maybe it drove the Nine Dots guys crazy. Like, I'd have yeah. an idea every, like, five minutes. And we'd be <laughs> like, okay, let's do the gathering. That's an amazing idea. Wow. And then I'd be like, well, let's 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 do one in space and they'd be like what we've done the first one they're like oh you know you know nine dots merchandise Uh, so So why why uh, you mentioned that is uh, because uh, if people don't know um, mick was one of the founding members of nine dots with um, adam johnson andy gaines from royal kona as well yeah so mick yeah if people don't know what nine dots is what what is it and how did that come about you doing that then anyway so nine dots is uh a wedding photography, uh, I would say, community that trains and inspires people to, you know, run amazing businesses and, you know, discover their the artistry and in in what they do and inspires them to be better. That's what I'd say it is. That's a good. good I think. Yeah. I, I, if the guys are listening, I hope I got on brand. I was on <laughs> brand there. Uh, and we started it in two thousand and fifteen, and. Um, it started basically, if I'm honest, because I was too, I was too, you were doing workshops at the time. I remember this and you were like, you should do a workshop. And I was like, man, and you were killing on workshops, you know, the law school and (laughs) you were selling out. I was like, oh man, I need, I need to, I should do workshops. But I didn't have, if I'm honest, I didn't have the guts to do one on my own. Mm. So I rung Rahul up and was like, oh, let's do a workshop together. And we could do it on flash because we, we were both into flash at that time. And it wasn't like it is now, like the, the information that's around now wasn't back around back then. Mm. And I was like, and he was like, well, if we do it together, I'd really love to do one with my mate, Alan, Adam Johnson. And I was like, well, if you're going to pull in Adam Johnson, I'd like to do one with my mate, Andy Gaines. <laughs> and Andy had shot, he'd come down and done some, a family shoot for me. And we oh, really cool. got on. And I was like, I just really felt like we were in the same vibe in terms of, um, <clears throat> what we did and so we planned a workshop all four of us um and we'd never met like we'd never met in the same room we planned this whole online workshop <laughs> um and it sold out i think it sold out twice and i think back then it was like unheard of like from what i can remember mm. of of wedding photographers joining together to do something yeah uh, and it sold out and it was a very, uh, <laughs> thanks to adam actually the price was like it was quite a premium price as well so it wasn't cheap um and because it sold out <clears throat> we kind of had like this big uh like a, you know pot of money like like for want of a better word and i was like oh i'd always had this dream of doing like a gather like well it wasn't get a conference that's what mm-hmm. it was and there was nothing like this in the uk mm. um <clears throat> and i think laura bab hadn't done snap yet and i think she was coming out with snap and i was like okay but that was more around the whole camping kind of thing but mm. there wasn't something like and I wasn't really into camping. 
uh, although now I happily go, but back then I wasn't really into it. Um, mm-hmm. But there wasn't anything like a conference, you know, like you see all these big fearless conferences around the globe and people like Two Man and all these amazing photographers. And there was nothing in the UK. And I was like, we need, we, we should do something with that. And I think um, Andy was like, well, why don't we just do it? And Raul was like, yeah, let's just do it. And I was like, what? Um, and we hadn't even done the workshop yet. And we started planning this gathering. <laughs> Did you really? Uh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we planned the work. We planned the gathering, and Adam was like, "It's not going to be called a conference. It's going to be called a gathering." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And Rahul found Bounce, um, and me and him went to see it. And as soon as we walked in, we knew that was the place, and we launched it. And that sold. And and the only reason we could hire something like Bounce is because we we'd sold out these workshops and had all this income to put uh, up the okay. money to that's take cool. the risk on this. Because it's not cheap. Bounce isn't cheap. No, I bet, I bet. And um, but we had like so it wasn't a risk in the sense of like we got put up all this money. It was like we had this money from the workshop that we could invest in this gathering. And thankfully that sold out. So and yeah, and I, was, I was one of the first people to you buy a ticket. I first. think, man. Yeah, you were first. <laughs> and I think I think back then I thought I was I'm very naive and romantic. I think at times, and I was like, you know, this is going to change the world. Oh, this is going to change the industry and we're going to have all these amazing people in this one room and I'm going to go away and suddenly everything's going to be different and it, and the conference finished and it was like okay so time for 2016 I was like what <laughs> like we've got to do this again um it was and, awesome and think, though man and it built an amazing thing from that yeah so it, it just built and it snowballed and then then I left yeah. <laughs> why did you leave in the end then man why did you go uh the other three kicked me out because i was too fat no, I'm not <laughs> <really>. <laughs> um oh, there's wimpies why oh no basically they've all gone on this massive this massive health drive like andy's running like ultra marathons and Raul's lost all his weight and andy's lost all his weight and i haven't <laughs> and uh they just got me in a room and was like look dude you're letting down the side and i was just like guys i just love i just love the buffet too much at the wedding and <laughs> you know someone's got to stick up for the people who want to you know use the all you can eat buffet so make i'm gonna take one for the <laughs> make a stand and they're like well you gotta go and i was like fair enough no that's not what happened i'm joking um what happened was um i just was i i this is why i don't know if i'm an entrepreneur but i can only focus on one thing at a time and I'd found the love for video mm. and I wasn't as passionate about photography. I think, I think it's a little bit different now because I think having now gone through it all, I think like, Oh, I think I could actually manage a few things, but I didn't back back then. I couldn't. And I think I was shooting all these, I was shooting all these weddings photography. So I still had all these photography clients. I had a video um, company that I was running. I had Ash who was kind of looking after, I mean, not looking after, but kind of managing and helping. Mm. And I had nine dots and I decided to take on video. And I think yeah. in all of this, I mean, I mean, you've heard the talk, like not, a, I want to call it a mental breakdown, but maybe a midlife crisis, whatever. And just realized like, okay, what am I passionate about? And I can't do all these things. And I was like, well, I'm really passionate about video. And I just then felt it, I couldn't spin all these plates as well as mm. your family and give time to your family and being a good dad and a good husband. And probably my wife would say I wasn't at that time um, because i was just so busy um and i just think something had to give and i was like it's unfair to the community it's unfair to the guys that i'm not giving 100 percent, and i'm just kind of cruising and i just felt it was right that i go i mean in hindsight could i have stayed probably um and could i have managed it was a lot on your plate though man it was a lot on your plate yeah it was a lot on the plate i think it's just i just think maybe maybe if i had a good mentor or something Maybe I call. I should have called you up. And gone, Alan, what should I do? Uh, <laughs> I think so. And, uh, I think that if I had maybe um, uh, been better, but you you go through these things in life to learn, don't you? And I think that uh, looking back on it, I just wasn't good at multitasking and you know having good time management schedule. And I mean, we did a talk at Nine Dots. I mean, everything's cool with the Nine Dots guys, by the way. So they invited me back, and I spoke. Mm-hmm. At, me and Ash spoke at this last Nine Dots, and we have a talk that we do, and it talks about what happened that year and the fallout of all of that and how we had to kind of realize that, okay, let's go back to the beginning and learn about time management and finances and how to run a business and learn all these things and be like, okay. <clears throat> and I'm still learning as, as you know, life goes on, but yeah, if I, if I'd kind of been able to manage it a bit better, maybe I could have done it better. But back then I was just like a one thing kind of guy, like 
I'm, I'm passionate about this and this is what I want to do. So, well, that, well, that's what makes you so successful, though, as well. And that's how I mean, that's probably the reason why you're totally nailing the videography, you know. And it's it must be so difficult going from one art to photography, going to something different of videography. And how did you make that transition so quickly, you know, because you you did go from, you know, great photographer to brilliant videographer so quickly. How did you do it? Oh, thank you. Firstly, thank you. It's very kind of you to say that. Well, that's true um, though man people should check out your video clips hopefully i could embed maybe a video clip on the post yeah, when this podcast goes yeah, out because yeah. it's like totally want. different <laughs> but it's totally it's it's like modern like film it's like a film man it's like proper awesome so yeah how did you do it because a lot of people who are listening may be interested in in trying video themselves well, it's yeah. funny it's funny you say that alan because i have a course <laughs> that's all help. good know. <laughs> <laughs> i did actually i did a workshop before um covid hit and it sold out like to teach photographers how to go to videography and then because covid hit they were i was like well like they still want to learn so i recorded this this whole course so i've literally recorded this whole course for them and 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 it's been released and it was like having a baby like i thought it'd be easy it wasn't it was hard work um and it was great but but i'm saying all this to answer that question because it kind of broke down the process of how did i do it and i think that at the time i just got i just dove in with two feet and just um like i say when i get passionate about something and i think i think there is there must be some word for it where you you know when you learn something in in your life and then because you have that skill you can then build on it in your in another career i don't know what that's called there's mm. it must be something it must be called something but <laughs> because i've been a drummer and um i at 20 i've learned how to practice and develop skills mm. i think that part of my brain uh was there to break it down when i became a photographer so when i became a photographer it's like well i made all these mistakes drumming and i knew how to break that down and practice it i knew how to do it with photography and i think it was the same with video like just break down that process um and the other thing i did was i booked in a one-day session with um with philip white i don't know if you know philip yeah i heard never worked with him but heard of him yeah but but yeah so back him you know i he was the only wedding videographer i knew and i you know back then i was blown away by his films um and i was like well i'm going to invest all this money before i'd even shot my first wedding i'm going to get i'm going to do i'm going to learn all this stuff on youtube i'm going to film anything uh, basically like photography i'm going to film anyone at anything so film Mm -hmm. any birthday party uh family thing when we had nine dots meetings i'd film it and then i'd do a little one minute highlight and show it to them and probably bore them and like, Mm -hmm. yeah that's great go away um and um through andy uh he booked my first he got me my first wedding in yeah, iceland cool. in That's iceland it's so, quite a nice yeah, first it was, wedding yeah. it was a nice, first, nice first wedding basically i just said to him look i if you know anybody who wants a free video and he was like, i've got this couple in iceland and they haven't got any more budget because they spent it all on him mm-hmm. uh, but they might be interested in a video and i was like well i'll do it and um i think they paid they paid for my ticket out there um right which he he i've realized now he never paid me for it uh, <laughs> I, I paid for that to go he owes me that i'm joking um but um, were you so, scared for that was that your first kind of wedding video then the actual real first one yeah yeah so the iceland one he booked it in and so he he booked it in and he was like right cool so now i had a date and i was like right i'm gonna shoot this wedding in iceland um and the couple were like well we we've never seen a wedding video before so we don't know what to expect to so do whatever you want that's cool uh yeah and so i booked in um so i learned all my stuff i booked in a mentoring session with philip white and just said teach me everything you know that i need to know um he taught me all the stuff that how he did it i do it a a lot differently now but back then i didn't know any different so he was like this is how i would do it and i was like cool that's given me confidence at least to try and if i fail went out there and did the best that i could failed on a lot of things like made a lot of mistakes on sound and things like that but um, because there was no pressure to do like a 20 minute film and to film the speeches and to film the ceremony. And they were just like, do whatever you want. I literally had no pressure whatsoever. Cool. And yeah. And so they were awesome. They were like, uh, they had their, their wedding uh, on a, on the, on a lake and it rained, but they were like, we've come all this way and we're going to do it. So we filmed it on a lake and then they went to like this James Bond um, kind of lair kind of thing for their wedding. It was amazing, this hotel. And that and that was my first wedding. So obviously then, and then the second wedding I booked was through Lena and Tom in through Nine Dots. And oh, they, yeah. had, they had a couple in Ibiza. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, Iceland and exactly. Ibiza. Exactly. And and it was like we 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 want we want a videographer. Anybody who's starting out, I just put my hand up, and she was like, "Well, I know you. You know, I know you from Nine Dots, so I know we're going to get on. And I'd rather give it to you than someone I don't know." Mm. Um, and so she's really kind and put me forward. And again, they were like, "You know, if you film it on your iPhone, we'll be happy." Uh, and again, I had no pressure. So the first weddings I had, I had zero pressure, and they were in Iceland and Ibiza. That is ideal, isn't it? But it's not just yeah. luck as well, because that's partly due to the connections you've made and the uh, reputation you've made from all the work that you've done beforehand. So it's not just luck. You know, it's all come from your talent and hard work as well. I think you're such an inspiration, inspirational character, man, because you just nailed the photography. You nailed the conference or not conference with Nine Dots. You're nailing the videography now. And I just love the way you just put everything into it. And yeah, it's, it's a work ethic as well as talent, I think, with you, you know, and also as a speaker, you know, I've seen you speak at nine dots and compare and you're just so good at that as well you're just uh yeah really inspirational character man you really are oh thank you very much i mean probably your listeners right now going this guy rambles a lot right? <laughs> <laughs> speaking uh, live no, i'm better <laughs> you are great live man you're honestly so good and i was going to ask you about that by the way actually do you you are so confident when you're talking live when you're speaking do you have any tips for that because there might be some people listening who are going to be speaking at and any other kind of conferences if the, if any conferences happen again in the future yeah do you have any yeah. tips does that does that come partly from your kind of pasta background as well or? yeah i think so i think so i mean i'm a bit rusty now because i i i would like, like when did i give up pastoring i gave that up in 2015 so i haven't really talked for five years but you know Every week, I'd have to get up and stand. Uh, but a lot of that came from drama, from my drama school. Like drama, oh. like I love drama as a as a teenager. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I I got an A star in GCSE in drama. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I remember I remember my head teacher going, you know, I love it when when people excel at drama, they really always excel at um, you know, like in business in terms of like meetings and stuff, being very confident to speak because they. They know how to hold an audience. Okay. And also I'd been a drummer, so I I was used to being on stage. So being on stage in front of people wasn't scary. I think what's scary is when you're standing up in front of people and you don't know what you're going to say. I think that's more scary. But I think when you're standing up in front of people and you know that they want to hear what you have to say and you feel that you've got something to say, then I, in that sense, like when you're drumming or performing, you're not scared because you're performing a piece of music and you know the audience want to hear it. So mm. there's no, ner like I'm over that nervousness. And I think it's the same with speaking. Like you have to understand that like at a conference, people want to hear what you have to say. So, you know, that's, that's a given. And B, you have something interesting to say because your journey is unique. Like whoever you are, if you're, you want to learn how to speak, like your journey is unique and your perspective and what you've learned is unique. And, you know, you, you've got something to say that, I don't know. And I, I, if I'm humble enough, I can learn from it. And then the rest of it is just practice. Like just put yourself in situations where you have to speak and whatever that is and makes you nervous. Um, you have to practice it because I've seen it so many times where people go, oh, I've written this talk and, and, and you know, I've got 50,000 slides and I've timed it and it's going to be 10 seconds a slide. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, dude, like when you get up there, you're going to be nervous and you're going to start speaking. You're going to, you, naturally the nerves will take over you'll start rambling mm. and, and 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 what will happen is that talk will elongate and i think the first couple of times you do it you have to nail that talk like you have to practice it and practice it and practice it and practice it so that you know you can almost perform it mm. and so when nerves take over you're not gonna deviate from what you have to say and your your muscle memory will kick in because you practiced it enough and then when you've done it one two three four times you'll then be really comfortable with it and then and then it'll be easy but yeah, generally it'll be it, 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 Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say that is great advice. But for me, it, I still get so nervous each time. I get nervous even practicing at home for a talk. I get nervous during that practice bit, man. It's, I, I just mental. I don't understand. Well, I mean, did, did, you were a drummer before as well. Did you play live? I did, but only like about four or five. Nothing like you and not professional. No, but I, when you're drumming, aren't you just hiding at the back anyway? No one's really watching the drummer, are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting because Andy, out of the four of us at Nine Dots, like Andy, again, he was very comfortable on stage and he was a musician before. Mm. Uh, and, he, and, and he'd been a front man. I think just being on stage or acting or, or getting up in front of people, um, you know, will make you will take care of those nerves. 
Yeah, it does and make sense. It does make sense. I, how did how did you yeah. get into drumming, though? By the way, how did you get into drumming? I mean, I, th- I just find your backstory before getting into the wedding industry is just so interesting. With with pastoring, Past- can you can you say that as a verb? Pastoring, yeah, yeah. It makes okay. your milk really clean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but um, doing that, being a pastor and drumming as well, and then how did you? I just find it really interesting doing both those uh, things and then getting into how weddings. Get into drumming? How did I get into drumming? I got into drumming. Well. Uh, my mum says when I was seven year old, seven years old, I used to get the the you know the the spoons and the pots and pans. I used to drum outside. Oh, cool, yeah. And then I grew up in church, and we used to um, drum. You know, music was always around, um, and I was I was involved in the music team. Like I think when I was fourteen, I was playing the guitar, and I used to play drums at church then. But I wouldn't count that as like I knew four beats, <laughs> and I thought I knew everything about drumming. I was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. And I think when I was 20, I remember sitting in a cubicle on work experience in a PR firm, just being like, man, if I die tomorrow, is this, it's like one of those films in a movie where a guy's in a cubicle and he just looks around and he goes, oh, my God, is this going to be my life forever? <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, if I die tomorrow, no one's going to remember me for sitting in this, this cubicle. Mm-hmm. What do I really want to do? And I was like, I really love music. And I remember phoning my mum and going, Ma, I want to become a drummer. And she was like, well... Why don't you finish your degree first? And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to finish my degree. And she's like, we've only got six months left. Finish your degree. <laughs> so I was like, finish my degree. And then basically went to drum school. So you've got Music a degree school. in law as well then? I've got a degree in management and law. And then I went to do a diploma in music which was for drummer drumming and then i did one year of a degree in music and then in that first year i found a job um as a drummer but what kind so of drumming so basically uh back then um there was a church it was one of the biggest in europe Ten thousand people part of this yeah. church and um so i they would they were looking for a full-time drummer and i was part of the church and i applied and i got it and so we were then doing concerts and things like royal albert hall wembley arena wow and- cool yeah, so I said to people, it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll without sex and drugs. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> so, so um, and we were recording albums, so we were going to the studio, and we had people, you know, big gospel people. Like if I mentioned them, you you probably wouldn't know who they are, but they they would come over and we'd support them. So, so yeah, so that was quite cool. And then from that, yeah, from that, just enjoyed doing the music, but then felt that I don't know if I'm having an impact on people's lives behind this drum kit and then me and my wife felt we really wanted to get more involved in the community and that's how pastoring came about so basically i was i remember being in my bathroom and just praying going god i'd love to be a pastor for just three months just try it and my mum phoned me up i was like oh you know one of our pastors needs to take a break can you take over for three months wow really? I was like, wow. yeah and so i was like ah oh, cool uh, and then did it for three months and then stayed for eight years <laughs> wow. Oh, that was the eight-year itch then. Is that? that and what was, was the eight what was? I can imagine you were a great pastor. What was that like, though? Did you? I mean, did you bring back like your kind of like congregation's troubles? You know, bringing them home and stuff. Were you able to switch off? Um, did it help with your kind of like, empathizing at weddings as well and stuff? And... Oh, for sure, for sure. I think uh, empathizing with people at weddings, like, uh, was like just handling people was is is. is it, I it's not easy, but I don't find it daunting like that side of wedding photography i never found daunting like you know organizing people for group shots and making sure the mum's okay you know god willing and stuff like that like you know just being nice to people um from pastoring yeah for sure that really helped um did i take on people's troubles yeah for sure i did um and again that's something you learn and live through and then go oh okay i can't change anyone and, you know, if you believe, if you have faith and you believe in God, you understand, actually, your role as a pastor is not to change people. It's just to point them to the person you think can, ch- that they need to meet and can change, which for me is uh, God. Okay. Um, right. You know, and, and I think towards the end of it, I kind of understood that. And it was like, oh, OK, that's cool. But by then I kind of found photography and felt, it, you know, it's time to go. And the same, same thing with Nine Dots. I just felt at church I wasn't given 100 percent. And I was right. more passionate about the wedding photography thing than I was about these people. And that wasn't fair either. So. I felt it was time to leave as well. Oh, cool, man. Man, it's so interesting. I just, I love talking to you. It's, it's, I always feel like it's almost like the first time each time, but then it's, I, I just, lo- yeah, it's cool, man. I love it. So let's, let's change tack slightly now, anyway. Let's change tack. Um, do, a random one. Do you have a favorite joke, Mick? Do I have a favorite joke? No. No. <laughs> 
funny. You know my son, my son, my son says, "Do you have a favorite joke?" And I do. I, 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 I like being funny, like in the moment. Like you see me at Nine Dots when like hosting and stuff, and just, just live. I've never seen you be funny though. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, funny, funny, funny. Nice. I've taken. A few, I've made a few fun, you know, jokes at your expense. Um, <laughs> you, oh hard. yeah, you did. Yeah. Did you do the whole like table tennis ball and my head thing? That was all off the cuff. That all yeah. happened at the, in the cuff. And that's what I'm saying. I couldn't. I couldn't now like say a joke, and I'd be like, uh. But in talking, maybe. Like, that's the best type of humor that's the best type of humor maybe but, yeah i don't have a joke <laughs> so mick if you had 24 hours totally to yourself to do whatever you wished and money was no object what would you do Ooh, i think i would change every day i think right now i'd probably do something with the family something oh. amazing like like take them somewhere but 24 hours wouldn't be enough would it could take eight hours to get there. I get really into deep in these kind of questions. But like, I have to get on a plane, and that would take eight hours. So you've wasted eight hours. You've only had six, and then you got jet lag. So then what would? <laughs> Out of twenty-four hours, I would, um, <clears throat> I would have an amazing time with my family. And then, if money's no object, I would buy five houses or something to set them up for life because I'm about to die in twenty-four hours. <laughs> okay, and then they just good... they'd live off that for the rest of their lives and be like, Dad was such a great dad. <laughs> that's a good one okay that's good that's good um yeah what what is a random fact about you that you think most people would be surprised to know uh, no. i'm pre-diabetic oh really my blood, my blood sugar's up yeah. because of this lockdown i have a yeah. sweet tooth and i need to lose weight <laughs> <laughs> You, just, you keep talking about your weight like you're not well, like, like a doctor, stone or something when a doctor brings you up and he goes look we've had your blood test results and you're pre-diabetic you need to cut down on the biscuits and you literally in lockdown what else can you do but watch netflix yeah. and eat biscuits and it's like, so, oh. so now you're telling me i'm gonna have to go on a health drive in lockdown fantastic <laughs> oh it is it, it's been t- that is for me as well that and um me and oni we just i just we just love eating and like, she hasn't put on weight so she'll listen to this back and you haven't put on weight love at all you look amazing but yeah we do just eat loads during this time it's just natural isn't it i know there's nothing else to do is it and i think like i think food is such a good it's a bringer together isn't it like um you know even us four of us you know my wife my kids like we we have every meal together um nice. and you know just putting the food down sitting down and eating together it's such a it's such a cool thing but it kind of doesn't stop does it because you kind of have dinner and then you got you have a dessert and then you might move over to the couch and put something on the tv and then you're like well, well if i'm gonna watch tv i need a snack and then you popcorn mm. and then well I've got, it's salty now i need something sweet so let's get some sweet oh, i need something salty oh no, you're making me hungry this. man you're making me i know hungry. i know and then and then um i mean like yesterday my wife made an amazing tuna niswa salad but man 2019 mick looking at 2020 mick eating a salad be like what the heck are you doing but <laughs> um but all part of this health drive like i need to lose weight anyway that's I, a fact. I was, I'm, I'm just it's a shame for me now that this is audio only i want to see like how big you are now i'm just intrigued <laughs> yeah, we well, won't have to do a video one. I won't be able to feel the screen. I'll feel the screen. Super wide angle. Super wide angle on my head. And then we could do it. We could do it. We could do it. We could do a video call a, a year later. And, like, look at the difference. And I'll be like, oh, I lost uh, 300 pounds on the TIR diet or the COVID diet. <laughs> the COVID diet. Yeah. So, okay. So, you, what, and this is, this, I, I always find this question very interesting. So, what does it mean to be successful to you? What is success? for you oh good question success is uh i think success is doing what you were meant to do and having a good relationship with the people that you're meant to have a good relationship with and being who you're meant to be well that's a lot of that's cool that's there's a lot of meant to stuff there i mean how do you know what you're meant to do or meant to be with or meant to well, be with I, I, I always think that I, I you know I'm I'm the kind of like like knock like if a door's open I will walk through it kind of guy like you know if it, like I you know I kind of walk through it ash is the same and I, I believe kind of I my faith obviously I believe in God and I believe he guides me in the sense that if if, if it goes well 
then I kind of think, well, that's that's a good sign that this is what I'm meant to be doing. Um, and uh, so, you know, right now um, I'm meant to be videoing weddings because I enjoy it a lot and my couple seem to enjoy it and other people seem to enjoy it. So, you know, I'm meant to be doing that. I'm meant to be a father. I'm meant to be a husband. Uh, I'm meant to be in this business thing with with Ash and that's going well. And so favor is on that and it's going well. So that's probably what I'm meant to be doing. And then outside of that, um, you know, by doing like like being that person, you your light shines, doesn't it? And other people get inspired. And through that inspiration, you make connections and that gives you the the opportunity to then talk into other people's lives, doesn't it? Like you can't like, you know, we all go through stuff in life where we have a knockback and then we get over it. And but you can't go around going, hey, I was really, de- I don't know, whatever. Like, I was really depressed and now I'm not depressed because that's kind of annoying, isn't it, when someone does that? <laughs> yeah. but, I think, but I think when someone sees you being who you're meant to be, they are, they, they are just inspired by it, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they go, man, you're amazing at what you do. And that doesn't matter who it is. Like, I've seen, you know, people who are chefs just be so passionate about food. And when they're making a meal, you're like, oh, I just want to hang around you because you're just so inspiring. And through that, conversations develop and then they speak into your life, don't they? And they might say something about something that's completely different, non-related to what you're going through, um, to what you do. So they could be uh, like a hairdresser. I met a hairdresser at a wedding once who was like an amazing hairdresser. And he was just talking about his thing. And that inspired me. And that meant opened up a load of dialogue about questions, about things that were non-business related, but were about life. And then he says something and that he allowed, and, and the same thing happens with like um with life isn't it like you meet mm. people at weddings or i you, think you meet people at conferences and they you know sorry i interrupt you no i was just gonna i'm just gonna say i think you're so right just seeing people being who they are and happy with with who they are and like it is really inspiring it really is yeah it really is yeah and like yeah you know the difference like when you go like if you've ever been into the apple store and you've been served by someone who loves their job and mm-hmm. loves serving people it's such a great experience as opposed mm-hmm. to someone who's like doesn't want to be there and is clock watching and it's just like yeah it doesn't have the answers like it's annoying isn't it mm-hmm. and it's the same with having a haircut or uh going into a bank or going to a restaurant you know you get inspired and that's how conversations start don't they and mm-hmm. i think when you're doing what you're meant to be doing that gives you the platform to speak into people's lives and that helps inspire people like if you can inspire people that's like success isn't it yeah oh totally they're so different yeah totally is definitely man and as i said before you you are really inspiring man you really are yeah that's awesome um so with your kind of like eight year itch type things do you think do you think about the future do you think in in however many years you'll still be doing videography and do you have like a like a financial kind of plan you know going forward and stuff is that something you ever think about um I uh, do I think about what I'm going to be doing? I think it will come. I, I kind of just enjoy what's going on now. Mm-hmm. And I think through doing that, doors will open. And then when those doors open, it will be, it'll, it'll, you know, it'll, it will make itself clear what I'm meant to be doing. And then that next thing will come. And I think it has to be born out of passion. Like you have to be excited about whatever that thing is. And I think that's, that's, that's one way God guides me. I, I feel, um, because i've done things where they made good sense but i wasn't passionate about it and it just was a chore it was a bore man it was like Mm. really hard to do it and i think i think you've just got to be excited about it and i think just by being excited about what you're doing gets other people excited like i said to ash like Mm. ash is from the corporate background he's way better at negotiating than me (laughs) he's way better at negotiating than me uh he's way more like able to negotiate and do all that hardball stuff but when it comes to talking like i think he would say the same when it comes to talking to a client and just being about passionate about what you do and selling them the vision of why they should book us like i like i i'm good at that i'm sure you are at that yeah totally. but but if i what if i wasn't passionate about it that would be really hard for me so Mm. i don't know what will happen in eight years but there are things i'm kind of exploring now and you know who knows what will happen and um financially and that's a great question i think um i think for years i could do a whole rant about this but i think (laughs) you rant away rant away it's good uh, well our education like you know like we spend so much time in school learning about stuff that is inconsequential for the rest of our lives like how to use a bunsen burner or national achievements or Mm. woodwork or and they don't teach you about money they don't teach you about finance which is probably 
like it's one of the biggest things in your life once you leave school. Like relationship, they don't do a course on relationships, which is one of the biggest things in your life. Mm-hmm. They don't do a course on communication, which is one of the biggest things in your life. Like you can't communicate. Mm-hmm. And they don't do a course on um, finances, which again, another big thing. And I had no financial ke- education and grew up with like in a single parent family and we were you know we were on benefits you know violin uh, you know like and then you know uh got a job and then suddenly got into wedding photography and i was getting paid i mean i know this is not true but forgive me but this is how i you know at my time like oh my god i get paid more for one day than i do for doing a whole week's work you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know you know like um and suddenly had like like i wasn't rich but had all this much like more money than i ever had before i just didn't know what to do with it Mm. and what did you uh, do with it spent it on stupid stuff like we were part of a group and you know people would be like oh my god today i bought a robot hoover and i mean what's a robot hoover and they'd be like, <laughs> i need a robot hoover yeah i need like i need a robot hoover what's the best robot hoover to get and you spend 300 pounds on a robot hoover like everybody a was going to buy a, a Roomba. Roomba would buy a yeah. Roomba or you know or you know like what's the best who vacuum cleaner to get and everybody would buy this vacuum cleaner and think nothing of dropping 300 pounds or 500 pounds or um whatever on all this stuff i just didn't know anything about finances and i think through like if there's one big thing i would say one of my biggest things i say now to anybody starting out their business is like get some financial education like Mm. please um and my wife read this book called total money makeover by dave ramsey um and reading that book uh, and then uh, ash is from a very corporate background so financially he was very more savvy to that um right. and him introduced me to a financial advisor and just uh through a whole course of things just learning about finance the fi- finances and how to run a business and how to do that well that's great advice to do that i think yeah because i think loads of people who come into this photography thing don't think or don't know anything about money and it is yeah it's a big 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 well, deal I think, yeah, I think money like I, I think people think like money because they think it like money's just a tool right you don't it's not it's not bad or good it's just it's the love of mm. money that causes all kind of evil but you know money's just a tool and if you learn how to use that why right wisely it can give you creative freedom it can give you the it can give you the opportunity to say no to the wrong clients mm. and it can give you the opportunity to say yes to opportunities that maybe don't pay as well but because you've got a good financial footing you can take that risk that mm. other people can't that's so true that's so true. Yeah, it's great, it's great advice, man. And you, you've mentioned, obviously, Ash a few times now. So if, if people don't know, um, you know, you own Mickey Studios and you, you work with Ash and um, he does the photography and, and you do the videography now as well. But but how did that come about then, building that studio with and with Ash specifically? And, you know, any tips? Because quite a few people want to build kind of a studio like you have done and having that kind of video and photography arm. You know, how did you do it? Any tips on that? Oh, yeah. What, what happened? Uh, Sorry, so many I questions. Think... I keep asking you about 20 questions per second. It, it one thing it's fine um and it's okay i just add it onto the feed and um, <laughs> um so basically um i think that the most important thing about building a studio okay i'm gonna i ramble a lot because i realized to answer the first question to give that answer won't make any sense unless i answer this other thing so if i ramble just edit me out i'll leave loads of pauses so you can just cut that bit out <laughs> no it's but, gonna be perfect um, i think the first thing you have to understand is if you want to be i believe if you want to be a good successful wedding studio you have to understand that you are a luxury item you are not you're not selling a product you're selling you're selling an experience right and i think that that's if you want to charge like you want to raise your prices and, 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 you know, to grow the business, I think. Sorry, sorry. What I should say is you can, you have a choice. You can either be that or you could be a product business where you sell a lot, but at a lower volume. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to decide what you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think if you want to be the lower volume thing, where like where you have load of associates and they just kind of shoot under you, then what you need is a good system. And if you have a good system and you get, you know, fairly good people, then they will fit in that system and you will grow the business. Mm. So the most important thing is having good systems that work, good systems that get the clients in, good systems that book them in, good systems that allow those photographers then to shoot at those weddings and shares the finances out between them and then works in the business and then does it almost runs itself. So everybody knows what they are, part of that system, and then they do it. Mm. I think if you want to be the first thing, which is a, like uh, like a, an artist kind of studio, 
uh, and, and more of like offering experience, you have to understand that it's it's more about hiring the right people. Right. And if you don't have the right people, it will never work. Having having made mistakes, not mistakes, because that's <laughs> the wrong word, but having experience working with people who weren't as passionate as we, me and Ash were, right, and yeah. working with Ash and seeing how passionate we are about what we respectively do, um, it uh, it's really it really is uh, about having the right people. And I, I, you know, he came to the first Nine Dots workshop. <laughs> I just thought, why is this guy here? I just thought he was really arrogant, and he wasn't <laughs> at all. But uh, he he just sat there really confident looking. Um, mm. And I was like, why is this guy here? And then I remember being in. I remember being going to a wedding and getting ready for that wedding and just thinking i want to take on an associate i had one guy um who was a former gro- groom who was an associate uh Mike okay. a great guy um and but i wanted to take on another one and i just remember his name i believe it's a god thing again like i'm not trying to be over spiritual religious i just he his name popped into my head i was getting ready for this wedding and i said i'm going to ring him right now and i rung him and he picked up the phone and i was like i've got this op- i've got i've got i just feel that you should join my my studio Wow, you should man. become an associate and here's the offer and he was like uh cool like he didn't say no he's just like yes and, <laughs> cool and he was like i was like well let's shoot one wedding together and i'll show you how i do it and then after that you could say whether you want to do it and he came the next week i think shot the wedding i was like yeah i want to be part of this and that's what i mean by having the right people but he was just from the get-go has been like anything i've asked him to do he's he's done it 110 percent and more and has always been excited about the opportunities and I think, you know, that really helped us to drive the studio in that more luxury. No, I wouldn't say luxury because, like, it's all relative, isn't it? But, you know, if you look at our site now to how it was two years ago, you know, it's got all these destination weddings on it. And like mm-hmm. that has come out of us being really excited about doing that and just pursuing that. And that's your, like, first three, two weddings as well. That's all your destination stuff you need, man. With your with, with your Iceland and Ibiza stuff that you <laughs> well yeah and we've been back to Iceland since then but I mean um, yeah I mean like uh, yeah it's been amazing like, and you work amazing. so well together and you and as you say before as well you have different strengths so that obviously this works really well do you ever kind of like disagree on things and fall out at all or um, we've only fallen out once that I can remember he would even say it wasn't a falling out but I was annoyed that he had all these flashes and they just kept going off during the dance floor and <laughs> right. I was like are you I was like dude are you just going to keep them on and just keep flashing like like spray and pray kind of thing and he was like yeah and I was like oh, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna I got do. really annoyed at him I got really annoyed. of course you are um, and I got annoyed at him for about 10 minutes and he probably won't even remember this and then he came back and went what do you want to drink and I was like yeah and then we were okay <laughs> oh that's perfect that's the only time that's ever happened i don't even know if he remembers that but for me it was really annoying uh, um, it's but funny because yeah, it asking that actually because you're in quite you know obviously sometimes sometimes uh, photographers you know might have a little moan about videographers sometimes and i'm sure the opposite is the same with videographers moaning about photographers yeah, yeah. but you know you're in quite a unique position now because you've been on both sides do you have any tips as a videographer, you know, f- uh, for photographers about working with videographers? Oh, no. Tips for photographers working with videographers or tips for videographers working yeah. with photographers? Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Because <laughs> probably more photographers will be listening to this. So tips, something that I will think, help them work with videographers. I think a really good, really good tip came out of, um, yeah, a really good tip would be get the videographers on side and show them that, Try and make it like, okay, let's go back. Let's go back. Adam Johnson, right, had this experience where he was shooting at a wedding and he, I remember him telling me that he rocked up and he, you know, it was like a really like luxurious wedding and he rocked up and he wasn't the main photographer. Like there were other people there and he didn't realize until he got there. Yeah, right, right. And I remember him telling the story of how this one guy really tried to take control of it and that really put the backs up of everybody else. And then he just went off with this other video and they went really well. And I, when he told me that story, it really impacted me. I was like, man, I wonder what I would have been in that situation. Would I have been the first guy who tried to take control of the situation and tried to make sure I got what I needed and then didn't care about anybody else? And as long as everybody worked around me, that would be care. Or would I have been like him and just been like, you know, tried to make friends with people? And I and the other thing is, is like, I, I you want to, when you walk into a room and you leave it, you want people to feel that when you, you left, that the room was better for you to have been, having been in that room if that makes sense mm, yeah, yeah so i 
try from that point onwards i tried to like whenever i worked with a videographer i wanted to make him i wanted him to walk away from that wedding and go man that was the best experience with a photographer i've ever had and by having him along that's elevated my work that's so cool. so i would just be like all right dude okay how are we going to shoot this this is what i need what do you need okay let's work together on this and the other thing is i think like honestly i think photographers are way too precious about what they do as yeah. as videographers probably are as well yeah. Like, oh no i need to be here and i need to get the shot and i'm a documentary photographer and i can't have anybody interfering with the scene and it's like oh get over yourself yeah like that's like so like it, it's like this is about the couple at the end of the day like that's mm. what we like we are artists but we are primarily there to provide a service for that mm. couple and so, so okay it's not it's not ideal but what's the best thing i can do to a make sure the couple have an amazing time B, make sure I get amazing work. And C, make sure this videographer gets amazing work. And sometimes, like, the videographer's not clued up on stuff. And I think if you go, hey, man, I was thinking about taking them out on this time. And I think that, you know, this light's going to be amazing. And I've composed it like that. And here's this is what I got in the back of my camera. What do you think? And they're like, oh, man, I didn't even have that idea. And I want to be part. And, you know, they get excited. And now you're collaborating. Mm, And um, and this happened. This this is, oh, sorry, I forgot the story. This happened a wedding we went to where me and Ash were booked by the couple. And so I'd heard this Adam Johnson story and then we rocked up to this wedding in, um, it was a destination wedding. I don't want to say where it was because it'll give away the wedding. And okay. and the couple had booked me and Ash and we were like, look, and they were really excited about having us there and they paid a lot of money for us to be there. And we rocked up to the wedding and there was a, an, 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 no, sorry, we rocked up to the pre wedding and they were like, look, my brother has hired another photographer and, right. we're like, uh-huh. and we're like look you no, look look and he was like look you don't understand um you are the main guys we've hired you this other guy is just going to do documentary stuff he's going to work around you and i was like okay all right that's cool as long as he understands that me and ash are the main <laughs> like not, not not the main but you've hired us to do something mm. and we need to be able to sure that we can deliver on that and you know we yeah. can't babysit this other photographer so anyway rocked up to the wedding destination destination rock up on the first day we're like okay how are we gonna handle this rock up and like meet the guy he's in the room taking he's got a camera i go hey my name's Mick, and he goes hi he goes, cool so you're the other photographer and he goes no i'm i'm a videographer I'm like what oh. he goes no yeah i'm the video what, what what do you mean he goes oh i'm i'm the videographer on the other team like what what team oh, he man. wasn't even, he, he wasn't even the main videographer he was a second videographer with an assistant <laughs> and there was another videographer there i was also a videographer <laughs> and they'd hired another photographer and me and ash were there and everybody thought they were the main oh wow videographer, right yeah and i'm like okay so this is what i mean about um collaborating so i we i just got us all together i was like okay guys we've got to work together like let's work together on this and i was like i've had these ideas what have ideas have you've got and we just worked it out like oh yeah i didn't think of that and i was thinking maybe we could get them on a boat and we could do this and like you could come along and they were like yeah so we as a team we got really excited about what we were going to do and and shot that wedding and if i showed you that video and showed you ash's photos you would never know that there was another team there because we got what we needed and that taught me that wedding taught me that i don't need to be so precious about my art like mm-hmm. I can, if I'm, if I'm skilled enough, I can get what I need to get the couple, the couple, it was more important for the couple to have a good day and a good experience. Everybody was on the same side and because everybody was on the same side, everybody got what they needed. And in the end, the videographer actually phoned me up and he'd lost his, the, the video, but I'd recorded the voice track. So I was able to lend him some voice track. And the yeah. only person who was a bit sneaky was the other photographer because he took the couple away. It's very sneaky. Took them away on a golf cart after the service and didn't tell us. <laughs> um, uh, and he was the only time he was sneaky but he didn't realize that we'd organized a photo shoot with a couple the other day so we were like really that's fine man it's cool <laughs> and so uh, you know it's cool uh, it was a really great experience because it really taught me like because you can imagine like we're going to a destination wedding we're really excited about this i've got all these angles shots and ash has got all these angles and shots and and you know to pull that wedding off without a them getting in our shots and us getting in their shots and all of us getting the footage that we needed and then being able to produce a product that you're proud of at the end of the day and was on our website and got us other business taught me that actually it's more important to be that's, positive and get people on the same side. That's very awesome, man. That's great advice and a great story as well. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, because some people just throw the toys out of the pram and it'll go mental. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. I um, can understand why. I can understand why. But I think if you just get people on side, then they're, you know. Yeah, that's, that's a good. good I mean, that's a good. Way. 
that's a good life lesson in general, isn't it? Really, I think it's, it's cool. Um, do you think? Let's go on to another question because we're running out of time, man. It's so cool. I love talking yeah. to you, but we're running out of time. Two more questions, dude, because I'm gonna let you go. It's just, it's, it's like it's just go. It's just it feels like it's gone really quickly. You've got to edit this down. You've got to edit this down. Looking at oh my god, this guy's rambled on. <laughs> no, be so good, man. It's so interesting. Okay, penultimate question, and you touched upon it there with technology. You know, getting so much better than when we started, and it's obviously advancing all the time do you think being able to do both photo and video is going to be you know even more important in the future um i i think the way technology is advancing i think i think it'd be very wise to at least understand the process of of how to make videos or what videos entail and even if you don't want to become a videographer per se i think the opportunities for marketing and branding and how videos consume now i think it's just going to put you an advantage as a photographer um like they're like you know there are cameras now that you know shoot at 24 frames per second in raw so you imagine you're filming a bride coming down the aisle you every one of those frames is a raw file and you could potentially take that raw file out and edit as a photo so the potential in the future is there and then statistics show that on instagram or facebook videos are is it something like 20 percent more likely to be consumed than a photo or 50 percent more engagement there's more engagement with a video than there is with a photo and so i think even for marketing purposes and there are so many things you could do around the whole area of your branding and business with video that if you know how to do as video like if you know how to record and do video and voice then you are putting yourself at a major advantage and even and even just um, amplifying the experience of the couple, you know, like being able to record speeches or something like and being able to offer like if, if a couple doesn't want video and they just want photographers at their wedding, but they might want the speeches recorded. Right. Because speeches mm. like are gr- like taking photos of people giving speeches are great, but a couple might want to hear the recording of that. And if you can gift that to them or offer that as a service that's mm. only going to put more money in your pocket and it's only going to be of more value to your clients and it only means they're going to be more willing to invest in your business and that is just a win for everyone that's so true yeah man that's so true yeah. that's so true i, uh, mm. I believe that video is the future <laughs> Sorry. you know like, but i think i think it's part of the future conversation i think i think you'd be very wise it's like it's like languages right <laughs> like if i could go back in time i would probably learn spanish and, okay mm. and Ch- mandarin because like they're like the number two biggest languages spoken in the world so if you could speak those three languages now like english mandarin and spanish imagine the opportunities that will be open to you overnight because like you and so it's the same with video isn't it like you might not fluently speak in it or be a videographer but if you've got it in your back pocket the opportunities that are there Mm. that's great yeah i think that's a really good idea I mean, it's like preparing yeah. yourself for future possibilities and being the most prepared to to be successful of whatever the future holds, really. Yeah. And then, I mean, my thinking was like, like, I always said this about photography and stuff like it's like if I buy these cameras and I or if I get into video and I don't if I don't use it or not fail. But if, you know, I don't get into it at the worst case, I'm my kids are going to have great videos of themselves growing up mm-hmm. <laughs> Like at the very worst. My family's going to have amazing videos of themselves. <laughs> And they're never going to complain about that. And it's the same with photography. When I first got into it, I was like, look, if I buy this camera, like this Mark 5D Mark II and this, this Canon red length, you know, red ring lens, the worst case is Ethan, my first eldest, is going to have great photos of himself growing up. And he has amazing photos of himself. Um, and Edward, my second child, has amazing videos of his birthday. <laughs> I'm in the video. Um, and so at the very least, they've got that to look back on. Um, it's mm. a win for everyone. It is. But the opportunity, you know, so... Yeah. so true man yeah awesome dude honestly it's so cool i'm, I'm just, I'm just going to ask i'm just going to ask one last question now and save the big one to the end you ready go on do you eat the canapes mate i tell my couples i eat everything <laughs> everything <laughs> i tell them look mate i'm going to be like one of your guests i'm going to be eating your canapes i'm going to be drinking your drinks i'm going to be eating from your buffet that's and cool that's the only way that's, that's all part of my brand like that, <laughs> that's the mick brand that's all part of the mickey studios brand we will be part and they they go that's cool that's cool yeah that's cool man that's good that's good dude oh man honestly i've just found i found that so interesting thank you for talking to me mick it was awesome 
And if anybody wants to stone me after that recording and some of the things I said, like I'll happily give you my home address and you can stone me live in person. Um, no, uh, it's not, there's nothing stonable there. It's all just like really interesting and how you, how you think things might turn out. And uh, you just, yeah, I guess we just never know. No, we don't. I mean, That's the beauty I, yeah. of life. You know, don't you know? You know, you do know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, the only thing you could do, the only thing you've got is today, right? It's so, hard to live in the moment, though. It is hard. It is. It's a skill, though. I, you know, a lot of our problems come from not being able to live in the moment. Mm, so true. I'm reading a book on a Darren Brown book on happiness at the moment, which is actually really interesting, which I really recommend. Oh, wow. My wife is reading Eckhart Tolle um, all about kind of um, the power of now. Um, okay you know just like most people either live in the past or the present don't they 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 make Mm. decisions based on fear of the past and or you know stuff that's happened in the past or or stuff or they're thinking about the future so they're never really in the moment Mm. but the only thing you have guaranteed is this moment right now so you might as well enjoy it so true yeah so true all this life-like lessons that are dropping on this podcast is awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah so basically live in the moment Get, learn, learn about finances get a standout brand and learn video <laughs> yeah that's it not sure. <laughs> and eat the canapes and that, eat the canapes <laughs> oh man dude thank you so much um if anyone's listening while driving or walking or running or something head to this reportage.com and i'll include um examples of your work I'll, um if you, yeah if you let me i'll be able to embed a video in as well so people can see like the I'll embed a video i'll also give a link to, if it's okay to uh, if people are interested in learning video um I have a, an online course that they can purchase that they if they want to, or if they just want to drop me a line and you know maybe you know chat chat about it, then I'll be more than happy to chat through things or do some mentoring on stuff on it. So that's awesome, man. Now that's cool. Definitely include links to that as well. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. And just thanks so much for your time. It was it was lovely talking to you. And hopefully I get to see you. I don't know. Hopefully you know. Hopefully in November if you're going to be around. And if it if nine dots happens, then I don't know. Yeah, but we'll see. Like I said, like you got to live in the moment, right? And uh, like November, like who knows? Like yeah. at this point in time. So true. Oh man, thanks so much. You stay safe, dude. Thank you. Anytime. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the thirty-third episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. I always love talking to Mick. Hope you enjoyed listening. Head to thisisreportage.com to see examples of Mick's videography, as well as a link to his website and a link to the online videography course he mentioned on the episode too. This is Reportage members also receive an exclusive time-limited 20% discount on his course. You'll find the details in the members area of the website. We also have lots more episodes of the podcast already released with photographers such as Peter Hellock, Leonard Wolpott, David Scholes, Frank Boutonnet, Adam Johnson, Titlali Rico, Alison Bounce and lots more. And if you're not yet a member of TIR, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 reportage award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts, and the recent huge addition to membership, exclusive video content. There's already over 11 hours worth of videos to watch, where some of the world's best photographers share their tips, thoughts, and experience to make you a better photographer. New videos will also be added regularly. Collection 16 of our awards is currently open to submissions too. Deadline is 2359 BST on 24th of July 2020. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now. Mm-hmm.